0: Is this going to be the most depressing episode? I feel sad just sitting down. Yeah. Grunge music is sad. Every band that did grunge music is sad.
1: It's interesting because you're right, obviously, so much grunge music is just the most depressing shit ever. But what's interesting is how many of the Seattle grunge bands started off trying, and usually failing, but trying to be pretty straightforward hair metal slash sunset strip metal. Well, that's what they were uh, supposedly
0: counter culturing. Right. Isn't that like a lot of, Yeah,
1: the- I think that's just a false narrative though. And I think a lot of the people at the time on both sides of it have said that, I mean, I know that Kurt obviously talked about hating hair metal or whatever, but that's just one dude. I mean, Alice in Chains hit from Seattle before anyone ever heard Nirvana Alice in Chains paved the way somehow. I think so. Man of the Box was the first hit to come out of Seattle. It's probably the reason why Nirvana became anything at all. They definitely were listening to hair metal and Slash was definitely listening to Alice in Chains and uh, Soundgarden for sure. So I think that this was just fucking music critics, the same music critics who called this shit grunge after an intern at a record label lied to them about what everyone was calling the music, by the way. These people had no fucking clue what they were talking about. Yeah, I mean,
0: really, apart from coming from the same city and maybe friend group, what exactly about Ellis and Chains is similar to Nirvana, really? I mean, really, it's not. It's not even close to the same thing.
1: So they later reconciled but or, and became friends and everything but early on Kurt Cobain when he was you know trying to identify himself for everyone and make sure everyone knew what he stood for and all this shit he talked a lot of trash on Alice in Chains yeah. because they had been the guys in that band had been on the scene for I, I don't know close to 10 years maybe at that point he was talking about how they were just hair metal people and he doesn't understand why he's got to be lumped in with them and that Part makes sense but the fact is alice and chains were hair metal people and if anyone listening to this sincerely believes that alice and chains would even have started a band without first hearing guns and roses then you can go ahead and shut off this episode because nothing we're gonna say is gonna make any sense to you and i promise nobody cares what you think about anything
0: like so many of your favorite bands they listened to other bands and they realized at some point very early on in their guitar playing or drumming or singing that they couldn't do it quite as well as a lot of other bands that were doing it very well. So they just embraced the shittiness of their abilities rather than trying to be as good of a guitar player, say as slash it was easier for Cantrell to just be like, well, I'll just play slower Lane can't sing like Axel, so we'll just
1: make it depressing. That's what he did later. But I mean, the first Alice in Chains album facelift is Guns N' Roses cosplay. I know saying that is going to piss off a ton of Alice in Chains fans. And I know that for a fact, because if you ever look at any fan made list of Alice in Chains influences, Guns N' Roses is never on there. I think there's a reason for that because these people are sick of hearing this Guns N' Roses thing, but you're sick of hearing it because it's true. And it's not just Lane Staley's vocal worship of Axl Rose. Listen to the guitar break on the song, Man in the Box. Everything from the lead to the, what the rhythm guitar is doing is 100% slash it's like the uh, Pepsi challenge, blind taste test. If you could somehow just play someone that solo and yeah. they've never heard it before, After they've listened to Appetite for Destruction, you play them that solo, you go, same guitar player, right? They're going to go, oh yeah, same guitar player, for sure.
0: Nobody that's a huge fan of Alice in Chains is going to even remotely acknowledge that because just like everything else that comes out of Seattle and the grunge era of music, the story actually matters more than the music. It's really important that we stick to the story, which is all of grunge in a unanimous lump sum was a rejection of said hair metal and a rejection of popular music
1: at the time. Again, this is just a narrative that exists only in music magazines that nobody should have been reading in the first place because it's just they're unqualified to be talking about this stuff. Were any of the people saying that from Seattle? No? Oh, okay you don't have to cherry pick examples from that first album. It's the whole album. Listen to the song Sea of Sorrow. The way the tempo picks up near the beginning, the way the bass guitar gets really punchy on the outro, that is Use Your Illusion era Guns and Roses. That's as Use Your Illusion as any band not named Guns and Roses has ever gotten. And uh, it's probably worth pointing out to everyone who wants to deny this, the first iteration of this band name was Alice, the letter N, chains with a Z on the end. Wait, wait, wait! Guns and Roses, Allison Chains. Did you hear that? Did you hear that noise? It was Allison Chains fans' heads
0: just exploding.
1: I've seen some shit where one of the guys in Allison Chains said they picked the name in 1985 before Appetite for Destruction came out, but Duff McKagan. Is from Seattle. And the second show Guns N' Roses ever played was in Seattle in 1985. So eat a butt. And (laughs) you also have Jerry Cantrell on record saying Lane picked the name because of how much he loved Guns N' Roses. Jerry will also tell you the story about trying to get an Alice in Chains demo to Axl Rose at a Guns N' Roses concert in 1989. So you may not want to put G&R on the little list that you're making of Alice in Chains influences, but it's strictly because you're trying to pretend that it's not true. Yeah, well, this is Guns N' Roses Jr. It's wild is that the only
0: reason why nobody can openly accept this fact is that it just erodes and dissolves that's not what I was told, man. Exactly. Well, their whole <laughs> shit also, they're going to have to go back and acknowledge that their personas, that they were, you know, these edgy kids wearing flannels in the 90s really was just a depressed, shittier version of hair metal. Somebody's like whole persona is going to have to be dissolved and go, um, I guess I have to now acknowledge the fact that Guns N' Roses were really influential and really good at what they did, which they don't want to do because they were like, no, man, fuck that bullshit. I listened to the depressed version of Guns N' Roses, <laughs> but I, nobody can admit that. Because if they admit that, then it like, dissolves their whole shit. I know that all of life is pretending that the truth is not actually the truth, but part of me just would just love it if somebody was just brutally honest. Yeah, the truth is I couldn't play that well And also we lived in a depressing area of the country where it rained.
1: Nobody wanted to hear party time music in in rain central. Exactly. Guns N' Roses just didn't
0: really fly here because it rained 364 days a year. So we made a depressing version of Guns N' Roses. I would be like, hey, man, I appreciate your honesty. That's kind of cool. And maybe we wouldn't do this episode. If you went to like Serbia and tried to play a black eyed piece, like, yo, ready to
1: fucking oh, Exactly. No, it just no. doesn't go over well. No. Oh, okay. Right. All right.
0: So yeah, you grow up in Germany, you make Romstein. It's the same shit. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Romstein fans, uh uh, they're gods and they're great. So don't kill me. Thank you. Don't set my house on fire.
1: How do you think chains even came into this in the first place? Look at the way that everyone on the Sunset Strip dressed in 1989. It's fucking flannels, chain wallets, combat boots, all the same shit, just the hair. All they did was different hair. And Lane fucking had the hair when this band started. Jerry did too, by the way. You can find the yeah. fucking pictures. Don't, I was going to say, they all had long hair. Don't take my word. No, I'm talking like- Oh, the whole thing, Aquanet, yeah. hole in the ozone layer hair. Yeah, what is that? It's like, uh, if you watch old
0: Guns N' Roses videos, they're wearing flannels. Well, I'll tell you what Axel it is. Axel has a flannel tied around his waist, I can I can tell believe. you
1: exactly what it is. Seattle is a hick town, and you will get the shit beat out of you. Bigoted hate crime. Yeah just because you use hairspray in your hair. So you got to look tough. Obviously, some of these guys were tough. I guarantee you, Lane Staley would fucking throw down at the drop of a hat. There's so many videos you could find of him punching people. At a certain point, is using this much hairspray worth having to get in a fight and get arrested every night? Or should I just dress like I will kick your ass in the first place? They started dressing like they can kick your ass so you would know that they can kick your ass and then you don't fuck with them. But the reason we're not praising Alice in Chains for trying to sound like Guns N' Roses, who are awesome, is the starting premise of Alice in Chains, as Mark said, seems to be what if Guns N' Roses were extremely depressed all the time. When we point that out, please keep in mind, Guns N' Roses literally wrote songs about basically every topic that Alice in Chains ever wrote a song about. Yeah. Run it down the list, man. Anything that you think Alice in Chains wrote a song about and Guns N' Roses didn't, I can pretty much guarantee you that you're wrong. Vietnam? Mm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Heroin songs. Yo, any, yeah, drugs anything, for sure. Definitely. Guns <laughs> N' Roses covered more ground than Alice in Chains did
0: topically. They speaking. About girls. Alice in Chains, I don't believe, talks a whole lot about female
1: species. Only in like this relationship is doomed to fail because (laughs) I'm not getting out of bed for the next two weeks. That's their relationship song.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, at the end of the day, a majority of people on planet Earth are going to go, I feel good today. What do I want to listen to? I want to listen to Guns and Fucking Roses because it's fucking awesome and it makes me want to have a good time. Man, everyone's having a great time. You know what we should throw on right now to really kick it up a notch? Rooster. <laughs> that's a fucking great song to get the fucking party going. Did
1: you know he wrote this song about how his dad almost died? In vi- Dude, yeah. shut the fuck his, up. Did you know man. his dad's in the
0: fucking video? Man, that's great, but we are having a good time right now. Let's not put
1: so, this shit on. Guns N' Roses covers these topics as if, and wild concept here, but stick with me, as if they're trying to entertain people. Not inspire you to see how long you can go without going outside. Not inspire you to see how long you can go without seeing the sun. How long can you hold your breath before you pass out? Not trying to inspire you to piss in a jar in order to avoid meeting someone on your way from the bedroom to the bathroom. Just start pissing in a milk jug. Hardcore elves and chains fans strike me as the kind of people that go camp in
0: the woods and just be like, I'm going to stay here for 30 whole fucking days and I'm going to survive and I'm going to eat squirrels. That's what I'm going to fucking do. That's a good time. What are we doing this weekend, boys? Let's go into the woods. Eat squirrel dick. Because <laughs> I
1: didn't bring any fucking candy bars. I forgot to pack food. Uh, one of the first reviews Allison Chains ever got was in Spin Magazine, who called their first album Metal's Answer to Joy Division. And not to give too much credit to Spin right now, but I would call that a fairly accurate assessment. Yeah, geez, assessment. did that guy get fired? For almost saying something that was true? Yeah. God forbid you would actually speak the truth. God forbid. So we have new t-shirts, but I just realized, can we say, how, how specifically can we describe the designs of our new shirts?
0: Uh, we have shirts that roundaboutly might kind of make you think of a certain 90s-runs rock band uh, and or another famous rock band from the, across the pond.
1: It rhymes with <laughs> The Bowling Bones The Bowling Bones Yeah Shmervana. <laughs>
0: Shmervana.
1: Come on down to YFBSpod.com Merch store Buy a t-shirt Buy a flag Buy a pin Buy a sticker If you don't think this is music to have a bad time to just look at the album covers the cover of the Sap EP somehow makes the process of extracting sap from a tree seem like something that could only happen in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. The cover of Jar of Flies, spoiler alert, it's a little kid looking at a jar of trapped flies.
0: Right on the nose. Because we're all flies trapped so, in a jar. <laughs> if you think about it, man, it's so fucking deep, bro. You I mean, remember when, uh, Remember when Billy said... We're all just rats in a cage. Well, he stole that from uh, Alice in Chains because we're all just flies in a jar, bro.
1: Despite what I are, I'm still just a fly in a jar. And
0: then a band came along called The Flies, all because of Alice in Chains. Goddamn, music sucks. Who's The Flies? Is that
1: got you? Where I yes, want exactly you. right.
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Woof, man, music is terrible, dude. They go. Yes
1: it's super
0: you. creepy like it sounds rapey as fuck yeah that band
1: i think it's probably the guns and roses thing which is undeniable on the first album a lot of alice and chains fans want to pretend that this band never did anything prior to dirt they act like it starts with dirt dirt is the best album of all time and we wouldn't talk about anything before that but the thing is that most of the songs post facelift Basically combine variations of the same two things, which is Cantrell playing a slowed down caveman dumb version of an old slash riff while Lane tries to sound like the boogeyman. The other main thing that Allison Chains do is layer a bunch of vocal tracks on top of each other, gang singing some lyrics. 85% of the people listening to are not going to hear correctly and never go look up. That is very common with old Al's chain songs Is a lot of people don't
0: know what the Ah, fuck they're even saying.
1: Sounds cool. I want to find any video of just, or we could do this. If you're ever at a party where it would be halfway acceptable to throw Man in the Box on, sneak that into the playlist. You don't have to take over the aux cord. Just request it with whoever's playing the music. And if you're at a place where you request that and they're like, oh, fuck yeah, man, then this is definitely the prime environment for what i want to see and what i want to see is please just record everyone in the room uh acting like they know the words and singing along to that song because i want to see the faces that they're making and the commitment the level of commitment to the gibberish fucking mouth shapes that they're forming while just yelling they're from seattle dude and
0: coffee's really big in seattle starbucks is from seattle like dude coffee's huge so he literally says, I know it doesn't sound like it, but he's actually saying, Jesus Christ, my coffee maker. These beans yeah. are dry.
1: Yeah, dude, that's what the song is about. The coffee shop that they would go to, there was a barista there whose name, his parents were crazy hippies yeah, or something, yeah. but they, his parents Jesus actually named him. Government, we made him take out his ID and everything. Yeah. Name is Jesus Christ. So they had to write it in a song. The thing about grunge music. They actually had a sense of humor, man. (laughs) They actually hadn't believe believe it. Believe it or not.
0: You wouldn't even think that listening to anything else they ever did, (laughs) but they really did. They were really actually really
1: fucking funny guys. Oh, and then every now and then they would throw in an acoustic guitar song with the worst guitar tone you've ever heard. This band's acoustic songs sound like a depressed version of the band Candlebox, which is not a compliment if anyone listening to this is still rocking your Candlebox CD on Jesus, a regular basis. I did not listen I've not to Candlebox in 15 years. Uh, more often than not, the entire point of the acoustic songs is that the guy singing would rather be dead than alive. Again, run it down the list. Let me know when I'm wrong. If your favorite band is this band. You really,
0: really probably need somebody to talk to Because obviously life is fucking sad.
1: Well, it's, I would say it's much more specific than that. I mean, if this is your favorite band, either you're doing hard drugs or you're identifying with the thoughts of a person who quite clearly, and it's documented, descended into brain mush because of their addiction to hard drugs. I mean, there aren't really any good ways to make that a huge part of your life yeah agreed find
0: some other things to listen to oddly enough you could just listen to guns and roses and even though it's about drugs and sex it's also at least a fun time and you have a smile on your face there's siren sounds you don't even actually have to do what he's saying that they do in this song you can just smile and laugh and go yeah man cocaine is awesome that doesn't mean you have to do it so
1: here's the thing we're about to have to start talking about heroin and i don't love how much of this episode we're going to have to spend talking about heroin but that's what most of this band's most hyped up songs are about when guns and roses did it axel was like you're going to die dude mm. it's pretty fucking clear you're going to die it's kind of hard to miss the part where he says welcome to the jungle you're going to fucking die here <laughs> like literally okay? yes that's kind of hard to miss right here's the reason why we have to talk about heroin in this episode i mean r- Roughly half the songs on Dirt are about wanting to be dead because it would be better than life as a heroin addict, but they don't spell it out that clearly and they're not that blatant with it. I personally am so incredibly tired of dealing with immature and unexperienced fools who believe an artist doing heroin automatically means that artist is cool or smart or more creative or any positive thing that you can mention just go read any autobiographical account of what it's like to be a junkie. Just because you're a singer doing heroin doesn't mean that heroin for you is a constant state of euphoria where your artistic vision and creative capacity expands and expands, and you bring all of that back and put it into your music. It's possible some may experience something like that the first couple of times, but it certainly doesn't stay that way for long, and all you have to do is listen to the progression of Alice in Chains albums with Lane Staley on them to hear what heroin does to a person. This band did not get better and better. I don't think there's a single person on this planet that thinks this band got better and better. All you ever hear is about how dirt is their masterpiece. Mm -hmm. No one thinks that this band got better and better because the reality is when you get hooked on heroin, it reduces you to extreme survival mode. You become an animal in pain. And the only thing you as an animal care about is finding something that will stop that pain, which is more heroin. Go read Mark Lanigan's memoir and tell me which of the dozen stories he tells about getting dope sick is the one you think made him a better singer. The
0: power of music and the stories we tell ourselves is amazing in that when you look at the homeless person who has a drug addiction issue, why aren't they getting record deals left and right, begging for money on the street corner and you look down maybe on that person or you feel sad for that person or you... You think you're better than that person. And yet, when your favorite singer gets up on stage with the same issue, just has money and access to better quality drugs... You deify them. Yes, you put them on an insane pedestal as if they weren't just like the homeless person on the street. The only difference being they were lucky enough to get handed a shit ton of money to write a bunch of silly, sad songs. They're the same person. They just got lucky and
1: live a better life. The only ones who are even able to keep it going are the ones who make enough money to be able to hire some kind of handler to keep them alive. Sure. To make sure they're not doing stupid shit that they shouldn't be doing. To make sure they're not buying shit from people they shouldn't be buying it from. To physically restrain them from doing shit they shouldn't be doing. Those are the only ones who actually even make it a long time. I mean, Michael Jackson was probably the most successful hardcore drug addict, and it was strictly because he had people Serving him. People dosing him. He wasn't in charge of how much he was taking. He actually had professionals giving him professional, quote unquote, until he died. High paid professionals who were like, you can't do this much of this. Right. That's the only reason that kept going for as long as it did. Sure. If you do read that Mark Lanigan book, he... Did drugs with Lane Staley, so like I think he knows what he's talking about, and it doesn't sound like he ever thought that either one of them were cool for doing heroin or crack. That was never what it was about. And if your takeaway from the book is doing hard drugs is cool, you're a dumbass, and you also have entirely missed the point of pretty much every song Alice and Chains wrote on the subject. Even though they didn't do a great job of it, they were trying to say that these drugs are bad. The song Junkhead is the only one by Allison Chains that it would even be possible to interpret as saying people who do heroin are cool for a normal person, for a rational person who can like read something and comprehend what it means. Obviously, there are tons of songs that people think this band is saying drugs are cool, but the band themselves always said they were trying to illustrate how ignorant that line of thinking is with the song Junkhead and the rest of the songs on the album Dirt make it pretty clear they were telling the truth about that. The frustrating thing is, it's just, guys, you could have made it more clear. You really could have made it more clear what you were trying to say. If you're trying to get behind some message like this, make it impossible to miss the point because the result of thousands and thousands, millions of kids in this situation missing the point is disastrous. Yeah. Lane Staley himself talked about how upsetting it was for him to have Alice Chains fans walk up to him and proudly brag to him that they had just started doing heroin. Mm. thinking that it would make him want to be their friend or some shit like that. As a direct consequence. It's like
0: you have to almost hand it to Axel for being really honest when he said, you're in the jungle, baby, you're going to die. I mean, he was being really forthcoming about what the fuck was going to happen. If you want to hang out in this world, if you want to be a part of this world, you're
1: going to fucking die. And it wasn't a joke. Mr. Brownstone, he talks about how he used to do a little, and then he kept doing a little bit more. That's entirely impossible to miss the point of what he's saying to you. Axl Rose is not who you typically think of. No. If you say, uh, do you have an example of a responsible rock star? Axl Rose is nowhere near the top of that list. But lyrically, when he covered the subject of drugs, he did that responsibly. If nothing else. He really did, though. He really did say, look, man we have a
0: fucking good time, but there's a chance it's not gonna actually end up being a really fucking good time. This
1: could end really fucking bad. You're not me. You cannot afford to hire someone <laughs> right. to cover your ass yeah. five ways from Sunday. Cause if you try to do what I do, it's gonna be
0: a funeral. I guess there's a, a responsibility to music in your fandom that a vast majority of grunge bands, specifically Allison Change and so many others, and I think Nirvana did the exact same thing. I think. Nirvana led to probably so many people, especially kids in middle America that had no exposure to that shit, were probably seeking out drugs that they had no clue or understanding of what they were doing. Because it wasn't explicitly stated, oh yeah, in my art, which is really me suffering because I'm a drug addict, it's actually really not cool at all. And you shouldn't do this.
1: Recent example of the same thing, SoundCloud rappers doing opiates the fucking opiate epidemic right now it's you can see it happening now this is what happened then apply the same rules of what you're seeing in front of you recently overlay that over the past and it's the same same shit. story except now You have some of the music media at least calling bullshit on this stuff and at least holding artists responsible for the things that they're saying to children. But in the 90s, these people were just being deified. We're going to turn this person into the biggest rock star on the planet, make them seem like the coolest thing in the world. Everyone's going to want to do everything that they do. 100%. Anyway, everything post-Dirt, the members of this band were just going off in too many directions at once, personally, to come together and do anything musically other than half ass imitations of themselves. Jar of Flies and the self-titled are depressing to listen to for entirely different reasons than everything that we just talked about. The early stuff was depressing, but at least it sounded like these guys wanted to be making music in a band together. The later shit is so phoned in that I've got to think... Even a lot of the fans just wish they hadn't recorded anything after Dirt. They wrote and recorded Jar of Flies in seven days. And you can find quotes from the band members saying they were just fucking around. All you have to do to know the self-titled album is bullshit is compare the lyrics of the songs to the lyrics on Dirt or Facelift. They used to at least try to write a song. It might not have been good, but you could tell they were trying. The lyrics on the self-titled are brain rot gibberish. Again, it's th- this is a This Is Your Brain on Drugs commercial. That's what this band is. Starts in a, okay, you're not the thing, but I can tell that you're trying to be the thing. You're doing at least a good enough of a job to where I can tell what the thing you're trying to be is to down, 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 down. If anybody else said, oh, yeah, we wrote and recorded the
0: whole album in seven days or whatever, anybody else would be like, dude, that sucks. That's lame as shit. If you were a new band and you were like, yeah, proud of this fact, nobody would celebrate that whatsoever. Oh, cool. You did it in a week. Why? Yeah, this is seven days of work. Well, cool, dude. Thank you. Did you think about spending a little bit longer on it? (laughs) Thanks, I guess. Have you considered writing an album over the course of a year or two like everybody else? No, seven days, man. It was, it was cool. And all their fans still to this day. It's something. It exists. It's I like it. I mean, arguably, if the band broke up after the first two albums, it would be a little bit harder to make this episode, but... The fact is, the band kept going and still continues to keep going to this day. Oh, I have no intention of even addressing yeah, that. Yeah, I know. You don't acknowledge the fact that the band is still put out, I think, at least two more albums, maybe three more albums now in the last 10 years or something like that. Well, 2006, they can't put it's out. Just Jerry Cantrell just didn't want to hire
1: a singer for his solo albums. That's all that is. Right. Rather than just... I
0: guess, making another band. But also there's like brand recognition there. At the end of the day, this is a business, right? Like people don't want to acknowledge the fact that, but it really is a business. He should have called the band Godsmack. Yeah. Come at me, bros. Yeah. What are you going to do? I mean, people want to maintain their fame and notoriety, and that seems obvious. The lead singer of any band is the most important person of any... It's the most important member of the band. When they leave this earth you should just probably call it a fucking day. Totally fine to just go off and be a solo artist. Well, and I mean, he, he b- did do that, but nowhere close to the same level. He had obviously as Alice in Chains.
1: Right. It wasn't he wasn't selling millions of Not albums even close. like that. The brand recognition but he was did have the Guitar Magazine crowd. His sales were probably comparable to like Steve Vai or Joe Satriani. People who only sell albums to people who subscribe to guitar magazines. Jerry Cantrell had an audience about that size. He's had a
0: pretty good size audience. But it wasn't the same. No, not even close. It's okay to just say, you know what? The band that we started doesn't exist anymore and it's just going to go away. And I'm going to go off and do my own thing as a solo artist and then find that's great. But instead, the zombie version of Alice in Chains, which at this point is Cantrell and the drummer, just continues to play rock and roll shows i'll be enough opening for uh, guns and roses on uh, one of their tours really yeah on the back not in this lifetime tour they played a bunch of shows imagine going to a show like that and being like super stoked to see guns and roses because they you know haven't played in however many 10 years or 15 years or some shit and alice and Jane's opens
1: the way you write a jerry cantrell guitar riff is you start fucking around in dorian phrygian or Locrian mode until you figure out some notes that sound like you're walking the riff up and down the neck. Now you take one of your whole step intervals and add the note between them to your riff by bending into it or just playing it to give a little chromatic dissonance. Somewhere in there, you're going to want to add some space by hitting one or two stops, which you can do by bending into the note or holding it or hitting a power chord and letting it ring. There. All of you people who always complain about how we don't get into the music theory of the music in the episodes, (laughs) there you go. That's why I don't do It's because (laughs) almost everybody listening to this thinks what I just said sounded like a bunch of fucking nonsense. Tyler, half
0: this podcast thought you were speaking a different language. I have no idea. That's why I don't do that. I quite literally was like, is he speaking? The
1: fuck is he talking about? Probably do a close up on your face (laughs) as I was saying all that shit. That's why I don't do that. Nobody cares but you, bro. And I just did it so you know that I can now. And maybe you can shut the fuck up about it because I'm never going to do that again.
0: The 20 people that still subscribe to Guitar Player Magazine are like, oh
1: shit, he really did it. He really fucking did it. For everyone who's had sex, what I just did (laughs) is explain why most people Uh, think all Alice in Chains songs uh, sound the same and most people are right. If you want to have
0: sex, you can disregard everything Tyler just said because it will not get you laid.
1: If Alice in Chains is your favorite band. Your favorite band sucks. You're welcome for another music-to-have-a-bad-time-to episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. I believe we have a couple grunge-tastic t-shirt and sticker designs in the merch store, but supplies are running low on definitely at least one of them right now. So if you'd like to let everyone know how much you do not live in the past, like a fucking loser who thinks playing football in high school was the best thing that's ever going to happen to him, go head on to shop.yfbspod.com and get yourself sorted out. Okay, so there is this feature our podcast host has that we've been wanting to base an episode around for a while. Basically, what it is is there's a chance that you, yes, you, could totally be on an episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. I don't know exactly how soon we will actually do this, so I can't give you any kind of deadline. But what you're going to want to do is... Using a device that has some sort of microphone or one connected to it, so your smartphone or tablet or a computer with a gaming headset, whatever you got, go to the website Anchor. That's Anchor like a boat, A-N-C-H-O-R, Anchor.fm, like the radio, Anchor.fm slash Y-F-B-S pod. It will forward you to the new Spotify URL, but don't worry about that, you're in the right place. The Anchor URL is just easier to say. And remember, anchor.fm slash yfbspod. Now on that page, you will see a button that says send voice message. And that's what you're going to do. You can send us a message about anything. A question, a story about one of the bands we've done an episode on, your relationship to them, a concert you went to, someone you knew who was a big fan of them, whatever you want. And then we are going to make a whole episode where we just play those actual recordings and respond to them. Basically, it's another mailbag episode, which that was a huge hit last time we did it. But this time it is with voicemails in the mailbag. Please understand, we are going to get a ton of messages. There's no guarantee yours will make it into the episode. I know we already have a lot of these messages just from listeners on their own finding that feature on that web page without us even really promoting it. So this could get pretty out of control. If you really want your message to make the cut, keep in mind, we're putting together a show that is fun for others to listen to. A little effort on your part goes a long way for everyone else. Try to have a good idea of what you want to say before hitting record. You can even write yourself a little note to look at if you need to. And if all you want to say is you love us or hate us, while either of those statements is always appreciated, unless you have got a really entertaining way of going about that, it is not likely to make the grade. So yeah, let us hear what you got. The URL to holler at us once again is anchor.fm yfbspod. Okay, enough about that. You want to know who the next episode of this podcast is going to be about, don't you? Well, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be about Avenge Sevenfold. Wow, really? Event sevenfold? I didn't even know they were still a band. Oh, they put out a new album? It's super divisive, and everyone seems to either love it or hate it? I bet Mark and Tyler are going to do that thing where they pretend to love a band that is universally loathed just to piss everyone off. How much do you want to bet?